Ja. I had everything all sort of planned out. I spent last Friday planning all the things that Bryony had asked me to do and um, went in my office yesterday to pick up the notes for today and in the intention of putting them in my bag so I could get up early this morning and refresh my mind before coming and they weren't there. Somebody had probably come and chatted to me and I got distracted and I don't know where I put them. They've just disappeared off the face of the earth. Never mind. Yeah. So this may be an approximation to <laughs> what I had before, but it is what the Lord has um, brought to my memory this morning. And perhaps we've left out a bit of extra dross that we don't need. Before I begin, I've got two bits of good news. One is, look at this amazing top that my daughter gave me. It's bamboo, apparently. Very eco. So it's lovely, lovely, lovely wearing something floaty in you. And last night I had a real special present from the Lord as I was driving out down the drive um, just before the end of the meeting as, uh, you know, it was quiet and dark there was a deer in the road and it stood still and looked at me and then it made up its mind which way it was going and I followed it into the woods along the drive here and there was another one. And then another one came out of the darkness and uh, joined the two, so there was three and then there was another one, four. So I just stopped the car and wound the window down and watched and then another one. I don't know, I, I tried to count but of course they're moving. <laughs> But they were moving slowly, so I could really enjoy them. I was probably about eight or nine deer, which was lovely. And to me, I mean, they're my favourite animal. That's a gift to me. If I see a deer, that's a gift. They're so beautiful, aren't they? And gentle and elegant. And I think that's a gift too. Um, so we've been doing this amazing journey this week, haven't we, of Jesus' life and ministry and how he says follow me Monday how he brings a call upon our lives and says follow me and then he becomes our great teacher our rabbi our teacher and then how he went to the cross to become the way and make the way the way to what or who to make the way to the Father, demonstrates what the Father's like and makes the way Thursday that we can come to Father and receive the embrace of our Father in heaven. And he's, Jesus now, hasn't he gone to prepare a place for us in his Father's house, for his bride, we are his bride as well, and he's making now a place for us. And today we're going to look at some of the last words of Jesus to his friends, to his disciples, while he was on earth. Some just before the cross, 
and some just after his death and resurrection. And one of the main things that he is speaking to his disciples and therefore also to us about is the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Jesus and the Spirit is what we're going to look at now. And I think it is important that, you know, sometimes we just get our Bibles out so that we know where the word is and we can find it again. Yeah. So um, we're going to start in the Gospel of John. So if you open up into John, we'll mainly be in John. It shouldn't be too difficult to find your way around. Okay. And we're starting in John chapter 14. And I just pray now that if there is anybody who has issues with reading or feels that they're not very good at handling the Bible, that today would be a breakthrough for you and you'd find that the word is your friend. It's not something to be nervous about or to shy away from. Jesus will speak to you this morning through his word. Amen. So John chapter 14, and this is him speaking to his friends before he dies, before he goes to the cross. And if we look at verse 16, okay? John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, And he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. Because he's been their counsellor, hasn't he? For the three years that they've wandered around Israel together on the road. (laughs) He's been their counsellor. But he says, I'm going to ask the father and he's going to give you another one. Another counsellor who will be with you forever. And in case we're not sure who he's talking about, verse 17, he says, the spirit, the spirit of truth. And if you look down a little bit further in that passage, he says, he lives with you and will be in you. So the spirit isn't some weird ghosty thing. He is the person, Holy Spirit. Father's one expression. Jesus is another expression. Holy Spirit's another expression. And he is a counsellor. And he's a counsellor that you don't have to make an appointment and pay money for. He'll be with you forever. And he's actually taking up residence inside you as well as being around you, with and in. Isn't that amazing? I guess because he's God, he can do that. And then if you look a little bit further down in the passage to verse 26, he tells us a bit more about this counsellor. Verse 26. But the counsellor, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. Oh, Nathan, there's an all things. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he's a counsellor, he's a teacher, and he can remind you. I find it very helpful when I can't remember something, I ask Holy Spirit to remind me because he's been with me and in me all the time. He knows. And for some of you, maybe, who've been looking for breakthrough this week in some way, and you're desperate to receive prayer and get breakthrough for a particular problem or issue in your life, he, the Holy Spirit, is the most important one for you to ask about yourself. Because he can reveal the truth to you. He can remind you of things and give you the truth about a situation. When you can pinpoint with his help exactly the problem, when it happened, why, and so on, then you can deal with it. But without his light, so that you know exactly what it is, you might as well just relax until he does. Okay? So don't struggle or strain. Ask him in his good time he will remind you of something. And then you'll know what to deal with and you can be incisive. Okay? Um, let's go a little bit further. John 16. Oh no, I missed a bit. Mustn't forget this bit. In John 16 verse 7. You see, oh I love this bit. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So one moment he says, the Father's going to send him in my name, and then he says, I'm going to send him. Isn't that typical? Because they work together. <laughs> okay. And Father and Jesus are going to send the Holy Spirit. And you see, they would be thinking, oh, no, you're not telling us now after these three amazing years that you're going to go to somewhere where we can't go just yet. But then he says, it's for your. This is actually going to be better for you. And they're thinking, how can it possibly be better for us? But that's because they were thinking in terms of them only being 12 people needing access to him. But it is better, isn't it, that he has gone and he has sent the Holy Spirit because now all over the face of the earth, at the same time, every son and daughter 
can access the presence of God, the counsel of God, the truth of God, because every son and daughter can have the Holy Spirit. Jesus was only ever in one place at one time. But Holy Spirit is all over the earth, available, accessible to every son and daughter. That's how we can say it's for your good that I'm going, right? So never think of Holy Spirit as a second best. Never think of him as a second best or a substitute. Father and Jesus have chosen that he is the one to be on the face of the earth to prepare his bride now. Okay? So we must give him the honour that he is due. Next, Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. In John 16, verse 13, he says, When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all truth. And the spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Who wants to receive revelation from God? Oh, only about four. Wow. We really need, don't we, to see what he sees, to know what he knows, to say what he says. That's revelation. Okay? It's not to show off, be all weird and spooky, and try and exert power over people. You need it for you. Revelation from the Father and from Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the one who takes heaven's wisdom and makes it known to you. Because my wisdom and your wisdom is not going to get us there, is it? It's not been getting us there. But we need his perspective, his wisdom, his revelation. And the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals truth, heaven's perspective, you know when you've received truth because truth sets us free. You go, oh, I suddenly I see that. That's right. It might be difficult, but you know it's truth and therefore you can embrace it. Truth is never to be feared. It always frees. So can you see that he is our very, very special friend, our counsellor, our truth revealer, the one who brings revelation. So those are some of the things Jesus said about the Holy Spirit before he went to the, tr uh, to the cross. Okay, so he's wetting their appetite. He's sowing a seed of an idea in them. Because they've, they've got a lot to get their heads around in the next few days. So he's mentioning it. He's sowing the idea in. He knows probably they're going to forget about it in the trauma. 
but later it will come back to them. Okay? So then Jesus goes to the cross. Everything seems to fall apart. It looks to all the world like heaven's lost and the devil's won. On the third day, Father does what he's always intended to do, bring his son back from the dead to become the firstborn of many sons. And all of history changes. Everything shifts from the way man had related to God to now a new and living way because Jesus has won the victory and broken open the way to the Father for us. And after the resurrection, Jesus starts to appear on several occasions, doesn't he, to his disciples. There's a number of different accounts in the Gospels and in Acts about him appearing to them, walking with them, turning up on beaches, appearing in a room, in gardens, all sorts of places. And in John chapter 20, if you just turn your Bible probably a couple of pages, we read of one of the first not the first, but one of the first appearances, John chapter 20 and verse 19. And there are the disciples, they've gathered together. They know they're supposed to meet together and that something is supposed to happen, but they have no idea what. And they're fearful. Because it says in verse 19 that they're all together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Okay, so they're, they're still in a pretty poor state. <clears throat> and Jesus came and stood among them. The Bible just says, and Jesus came and stood among them. I mean, don't you have so many questions about that? <clears throat> And this is what he said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The proof, <laughs> it really was him. And the disciples were overjoyed, overjoyed. Even more than Stubbsy can be overjoyed. They were over, over joyed overjoyed when they saw him and I bet there was quite some tears and laughter and oh the whole range of emotions I know I would have gone through the ringer <laughs> and Jesus then says peace be with you this is he's said it twice now isn't he in this little bit peace be with you as the Father sent me <coughs> into the world, I am sending you. And with 
that with that commission. Here we go. With the commission. And with the commission, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, they probably thought, what does that mean? Receive the Holy Spirit. And then there's another verse which we could do a whole preach on, but it, it's right next to it, so I can't ignore it. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are retained. So in this passage, Jesus, after his death and resurrection, introduces Holy Spirit as one who is to be received it's not just going to automatically happen. They had to receive. We have to receive. It's a doing word. It's not just going to like automatically happen. You have to receive. Okay. And it's interesting that he says the word and then breathes on them. must have been a bit weird him going around sharing his breath with everybody breathed on them make a picture in your head of that you know put yourself in that room standing amongst them and Jesus coming around and breathing the Holy Spirit is the breath life of Jesus the Ruach of God, the life breath <laughs> of Jesus. It was the spirit going into Jesus' body that brought him back to life. He is the spirit of life. And he's the breath of life. So he breathes on them. So this is why sometimes people feel like a, a breath, a little wind, <laughs> is past them or their breathing may be affected as they begin to receive <coughs> and it's the very life essence that Jesus is imparting to his disciples so notice in this verse three links there's a link between being sent I am sending you and receiving there's a link Notice that they received a measure of the Spirit by him breathing upon them. Right? They're going to feel that on the outside of their bodies and maybe they'll breathe in a bit of his actual breath and it'll go in with you and in you, with you and in you. Okay? And notice the link between forgiveness and receiving in there. He doesn't really unpack it, but we know now from our experience as Christians that having a forgiving attitude to all who have wounded us, offended us, hurt us at any time in our lives, making a choice to release them, 
not saying it's okay that they did that, but being real about it. Yeah, that hurt me. Yeah, I'm offended by that. But I'm choosing to cancel that debt. Give you a gift you don't deserve. I'm going to let you off. I'm not going to mention it. I'm going to release you from that. The measure to which we can give that mercy. That's what it is, mercy, isn't it? The measure to which we can give that mercy to others becomes the measuring jug for what we can receive. The Bible says with the measure you give, it will be measured to you. All right? So if you want a lot of mercy from God, give a lot of mercy. If you want an increased measure of the Spirit, Make sure you are cancelling every debt and creating a nice big measuring jug for what you can receive. Okay. Um, Nearly there. Another thing Jesus introduces about the Holy Spirit happens if you turn over the page to the first book of Acts. So again, this is after his death and resurrection. They've had that breathing incidents (laughs) and they've received a measure but it's still not enough how do I know that because of what happens here in Acts 1 all right when every any person becomes a Christian by opening up their heart their life to God and saying, I'm yours now. He comes in, he resides in them, he's in them and he's with them by his spirit. Everybody receives that seal of their salvation, the seal of your sonship, all right? Receives that measure. But Jesus talks about something else because those disciples were saved, weren't they? And they'd believed in him and they'd received this breathing thing. But then in Acts, he talks about something else. Let's start at verse 1 of chapter 1. Um, well, let's start at verse 2. Until the day Jesus was taken up to heaven... After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to those men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He ate fish with them. He walked with them. He showed them his wounds. He talked with them. They felt his breath. They knew, crikey, this is real. This is real. And he appeared to them over a period, look, 40 days of this to help them get their heads around it. 40 days. And spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Right, are you ready? Do not leave Jerusalem, where they were. Do not leave where you are, but wait for the gift my father promised 
but wait for the gift. Well, haven't they already got the gift? They've had the breath thing, haven't they? But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And a very important thing for un- us to understand is what he means by baptism. What is the meaning of that? Because we've got this now religious tradition of sprinkling, a little dab will do, we can get a wrong idea. Baptizo means to dip, immerse, inundate, like when a ship gets overwhelmed by waves and it floods into every part and sinks it. That's baptizo. Or a piece of cloth is put into a vat of dye and it's completely submerged (laughs) and it changes colour. Yeah, that's baptizo. And Jesus isn't talking about a breath now. He's talking about an overwhelming, infilling, completely covering Touching everything. Touching everything like Liz was talking about her testimony this morning. Everything. Giving everything. No holding back. Everything. Touched. Immersed. In who? The Holy Spirit. So what do we need to notice from what he said to the disciples? He said, before you go, I want you to be baptized with the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to be immersed, inundated to a greater measure than you had known before. It's not saying they've never known, but now to a greater measure. Okay. And we know from other passages of scripture, for example, in Ephesians 5, verse 18, that being filled with the Spirit is not just a one-off experience because of the meaning of be being filled. Do not be drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Spirit. I like how he links the two, drunk with wine, being filled with the Spirit. And of course, in the next chapter of Acts, when that immersion happens, what everybody thinks when they look at them and they listen to them is that they're drunk with wine. You know, a losing of the control. (laughs) Because Holy Spirit, has completely inundated us. That it's ongoing. So this is what Jesus is saying. He wants for us. He intends for us. He's gone to heaven to prepare the place for us and he's also gone to heaven to, together with his Father, 
send the promise, the promise of the Father. That not just special people, like in the Old Testament, special people could be anointed for special purposes at unique times and everybody else had to just watch in amazement. Okay, like Samson, for example. But that every son and daughter is promised the gift of Holy Spirit to be with you and to be in you, to empower you. Because Jesus knew full well, because he'd walked on the earth, he knows the challenges. You can't do it without the measure, a full measure of the Holy Spirit. You can't walk as a Christian. You can't demonstrate the kingdom. You can't do it without that. So he said, stay here, wait. Once you've received the gift, then I want you to get on with it. And go into all the world and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out demons, etc. Okay? Oh, raise the dead. Raise the dead. Certainly won't be able to do that without the spirit of life in increased measure. Okay? So every one of you has a measure of the spirit already. If you love Jesus... If you've yielded to him as your Lord. And he's about increasing the measure. Immersing us. Immersing us. Just like he was immersed. So that we can follow him. And we can carry out his command to go. And do those things, all right. So what we're going to do now, if, if um, maybe somebody could play some keys, that would probably do, some keys. We're going to clear away the chairs and we're going to have a time of prayer together. Praying for increased measure. Yes? Increased measure. And if when I was speaking about forgiveness, something came to mind to you that you know you need to sort out, do that with him. Cancel people's debts, okay? That your measuring jug could become bigger <laughs> to receive more. Okay? So let's clear the chairs quickly. Come into some space. Yeah, get into some space so you're not near anybody else. Spread out. Don't necessarily need to pin yourself against the walls. It'll be all right. Come into some space with the one that loves you. Come into some space.
Come into some space. It'd be wrong of me to talk about the Holy Spirit and what Jesus has promised us without us actioning that, okay? I'm not going to force anything. It's up to him what he does, okay? But I think we need to respond to him, don't we? He says he wants us to receive the Holy Spirit. He says he wants to baptize us in his Holy Spirit. And today might be for you a time of asking for increased measure. Being thankful for the measure you already know of the Holy Spirit, but to ask for increased measure. Have what you got. Is it enough? Are you totally satisfied or would you like greater revelation? Increased intimacy? More light, more love, more truth, more power. Don't be embarrassed about asking for power because he says, wait until my power comes upon you. We need power to demonstrate that he is true and real. So why don't you just start to cry out to the Lord and ask him for that baptism, for the power, for the revelation, for the truth, for the love, for the seal of your sonship, for the gifts, for the intimacy. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, don't be embarrassed. Be bold, boldly approach the throne of grace and receive, receive, receive more, Lord. The ongoing filling of the Spirit is what we're crying out for now. Increased measure, increased measure. More, 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 more. How we need you. Increased measure. More, more power. More power to overcome. Increased measure. Wow. <laughs> Increased measure. Whoa. Inundate us, flood us with your love, Lord. Increased measure, increased measure. Whoa, more, 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 more. Whatever you sense, thank him for and ask for more. More, 
more, more than we've ever known before inundate us. Whoa! Increase, measure, increase, oh God, increase. Do your word. Do your word. Jesus, we're positioning ourselves like those disciples. We may receive the gift from you and Father. Poured out. Poured out. Poured out. Be being filled more, 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 more. More, 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 overwhelming, Anne. Whoa! That she may demonstrate your love in overwhelming circumstances. Whoa! Whoa! Without measure, increase, fresh infilling of your love. Cancel every debt to let off those who've sinned against him. Forgive himself that the measure may increase. The measure of his experience of you may increase. Inundated. Inundated with your spirit. Inundated. Inundated. Fire. 
Break us open, oh God. <laughs> Just want to say that laughter and tears are very similar. <laughs> tears counts. Tears is a manifestation of the Spirit. And laughter too. Whoa, they're all opening up. They're all opening up. Whoa, we open ourselves up to you, Lord. We lay ourselves on your altar. We lay ourselves on your altar. Send the fire. Send the fire on our sacrifices. We are laying our lives down for you. We're laying our lives down for you. We're placing ourselves on your altar. Send the fire on the sacrifice. Yeah. Living God for a fresh
Uh, I just want to encourage you a little bit in this whole process, having been on a, quite a long journey myself in terms of encountering the presence of God. I, I know I, I've gone from a place where I really did not feel a thing and felt quite despondent about it to where I found it really, really easy to experience the presence of God now. And what I'd say is it's a journey. It is a journey. And there's something that happens in that journey where you stop trying too hard <laughs> and you just kind of relax and he sneaks up behind you and kind of, uh, what do they call it, Jehovah Sneaky. It's one of the names of God, you know, where he comes up and kind of gets you when you're not looking and stuff. But the thing to understand about it is there is nothing you can do to earn this. <laughs> it's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's nothing to do with what you've thought, what you've done, what you've said, how hard you've prayed, how holy you are, <laughs> any of that stuff. It's like through the blood of Jesus, there is a completely open way. I mean, seriously, a convicted murderer through faith in Jesus could just come straight into the presence of the Father. And once you begin to understand that, it's a free gift that's what grace is. It's undeserved mercy. And he is so kind. He is so kind. And mainly the thing that stops us from coming is kind of what we're thinking in our head. <laughs> That's the thing that kind of stops us from. But I would encourage you to just say, okay, that's another step on the journey. Let's, we'll do another one. We'll do another one. Keep being filled. It's not a, I've done that now. Tick it off the list. Let's, what's next? 
You know, it is a, the Bible calls it present continuous. It's like the tense that it talks about when it says be being filled. It's like goes on and on and on and on. The disciples kept coming and saying, Lord, fill us again. Fill us again with power and with boldness, even after the day of Pentecost, when they'd had the ultimate filling of power. So I just encourage you, and part of the journey that we're on in KLS is to just re-educate our minds to be able to just know we have free access. Free access. And he wants to come to us. You know, the Bible says, you being earthly parents who are sort of quite evil, really, in comparison to God, know how to give your children good gifts. How much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit? He really wants to. He really wants to. And we can just keep coming. So just be encouraged. I could, every single person I went around, I could feel the Holy Spirit coming. Sometimes you get a bit of backwash where uh, there's a kind of a little bit of a resistance going on or something. And that's okay. It'll break down. It'll come. It'll come. Just keep coming. Amen. Yeah, so keep coming, Holy Spirit. Even as we just move into this time to reflect a little bit so wherever you are if you're able to sit down or lie down on the floor do that if you're not able to do that you can either stand or sit sit on a chair whichever but just stay in this moment with the lord and you might find it easy uh easier to just close your eyes so you're not distracted um in any way by anybody else or people moving around. So I wanted to give you a time, a few moments now, to reflect with Holy Spirit, who is with you and in you. (coughs) What's been happening this week? What's been happening for you? And it's impossible that nothing's happened. Sorry, that's not a good enough answer. That's impossible. Because when we pray in Jesus' name, it's impossible that nothing will happen. And we've been praying in Jesus' name. So some things have been happening. I want you to really think personally for you. And if you're not sure, ask Holy Spirit to tell you the truth about what he has been doing in you and with you. Okay? And decide to agree with him. That's the best thing. Agree with what he tells you. It may be that you realize some of your thinking has been changing. That's so important. That is so important. Because we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, the Bible says. Okay, 
So the way you are going to change from this day on and be transformed is through the way you think now. And I'd like you to be able to condense down really into one sentence what he's been saying or doing with you. Get it really simple. So have you have you got it? Have you got in your mind a simple sentence that sums up what he's said or what he's done or a way you've changed a way you're thinking differently or experiencing differently? The reason I'm doing this is not for my benefit. This is for your benefit because I know what's going to happen tomorrow and next week. All sorts of other stuff is going to come flooding in. And we can too easily let go of and fail to build upon and consolidate what he has done. Okay? So if, number one, you can recognize what it is and be able to say it in a sentence. You're halfway there. Okay? And secondly, if you can write it down before we go to lunch... for your own benefit, in a journal or a bit of paper. I've got paper and journals up here. If you don't have a journal, you are welcome <laughs> to come and get one. Okay? Don't need to do it right now, but perhaps before we eat to do that, 
And when you've written down what it is that he's shown you, he's spoken to you, he's changed in you or whatever, whatever it is you have received, I would like you to ask yourself the question about how you're going to continue in that, how you're going to walk in that, how you're going to consolidate that in your life so that it doesn't get stolen away. What are you going to do about it, is the question. All right? What have you received and what are you going to do about it? Those are the two questions. What are you going to do about it? That's your responsibility. He gives freely... And what we do with it is our responsibility. Yeah. It's nobody else's responsibility. Not your pastor, your partner, KLS or anybody. Only you and him. What have you received? And what are you going to do about it? As Lord, we want to be like the land that receives the rain often falling upon it and we want to produce a crop. Thank you for the rain that has fallen so frequently day on day over these last five days. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts me and Phil and Bryony and Nathan and the whole team, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because this is what we prayed for. This is why we came, that your rain would fall on us. And we've seen the rain. Thank you that you are still falling. But we want to... Take a moment to soberly recognise what it is you've done in each one. And then we want to steward that and nurture it well. To continue to believe who you say we are. To make a permanent change in our thinking, in our speaking in our doing that this measure of the spirit we have received we would walk in and give it away and go in your name <coughs> and obey So in the last 10 minutes now, I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about Kingdom Life School, a 
can you retain in your mind that sentence and what you're going to do about it, all right? (laughs) See if we can retain it for 10 minutes. (laughs) And then um, I'll release you to come and get your journals and write things down or whatever, okay? So, yeah, we do this five-day experience, which is brilliant. And I think this is perhaps the seventh one of these that Bryony, Nathan and team have put together so amazingly well. And, you know, against all odds, it has to be said sometimes. Brilliant. But after a little while, we realized this was, this was a tool um, that God had put in our hands and that for some people, they need more than five days to really make a transformation, to really walk out what God begins in the five days, yes? And so um, two years ago, we began our one-year Kingdom Life School. And what we're all about, you can find out information up on the board over there, and there's um, brochures and so on, and a website But what we are all about is this, empowering people, empowering every believer. This isn't a ministry training school, it's for every kind of person who loves God. You don't have to be, you know, wanting to go into the ministry or something. It's about empowering people with the Spirit with all the blessings of the kingdom of God so that they can be transformed. The aim of all of this is transformation, that we become the people he's always wanted us to be, okay, fully alive. To empower, because transform people transform others and transform circumstances and doesn't our nation need transformation and it's not cleverness it's not going to Eton it's not uh, having loads of money that's going to transform it's being transformed by the spirit by the power of God that transformation will happen in our society not by might or by power, but by my spirit. Okay? So we're about empowering every person in the spirit to be a transformed person who can transform others and serve to come to our workplaces, our families, our community, our nation, ready to serve God and serve others. All right? That's what we're all about. So you'll have heard different testimonies this week and you might have got the impression, oh, it's all about going to do love pool or something. Well, it's not. It's great that people want to talk about that and that's brilliant. It is part of it, but that's not the goal. The goal is every person experiencing God for themselves being empowered by him, 
being transformed so that we can transform and serve. That's, that's the goal, and it happens in all sorts of ways, not just a Friday afternoon. Neither is the one year a place for personal inner healing. There are amazing other schools and courses that minister to people for their personal healing, all right? That's not actually what Kingdom Life School is about. We know what we're called to do is to equip, equip people. So there needs to be a measure of balance and order in a student's life, yes? so that they can actually receive that equipping. They're positioned, ready to go. And so if you realize that inner healing, receiving personal ministry, is actually your priority at this time because of things that have happened to you and that God is highlighting, then Kingdom Life School won't be the place for you. Another ministry will be. And there are other ministries who we can recommend for that. Okay? I said already, we're not a ministry training school. We're not trying to make you all become preachers or to work in the church. Actually, I'd be really disappointed if that's the outcome. We want to make powerful people who, wherever you are called to work, serve, live, you can be fully you and be effective in your place of work, all right? The church is only one small part of really what, what the kingdom wants to affect. Whoever's on lunch, the lunch man's just arrived, okay? Um, nearly finished. What it is about is experiencing and demonstrating. And in order to set up Kingdom Life School, Phil and I um, went and attended Bethel in California, where there's an immensely powerful and beautiful school of supernatural life. Okay, And we went uh, for a one-week introduction on planting a school. And then Stubbsy and I, went for a year to a very similar school here in Europe, in England, called Eastgate Essel, so that we would carry within Kingdom Life School some of the values and the culture of the breakthrough, the revival context that Bethel has, all right? Because both those schools really are moving in revival, and that's what we want in our school, to equip people to be revivalists. And over the last two years, we've been really blessed because um, at least twice a year, both years, <laughs> both years, we've been able to receive ministers and teams from Bethel who carry that fire and they come and minister to us. And it's been brilliant, hasn't it, receiving them. And this year is no exception. We're going to be having this amazing lady, Wendy Backland. We've had Steve before from Bethel, haven't we? But this time, Wendy, his wife, is coming. 
in October and she will bring with her some of that amazing breakthrough thinking that we in the UK need for transformation. And um, so I just wanted to mention that link because they really carry something very, very special. What Kingdom Life School one year is, is a big commitment for a year, September till May. It's costly. There are fees to be paid and it's costly in time and effort. We have set reading and there are some small assignments people do. It isn't the same as the five day which is much more relaxed and wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite focused. And I don't want to give you a wrong impression that you can just sort of sail through it. It's tough sometimes, isn't it, Liz? Yes, sometimes you want to leave. But it, she did say it's worth it. Because valuable things cost, okay, so I'm mentioning the commitment side. And this particular year, we'd really like to invite you to consider applying to come on the journey with us. We already have some people who have applied and been offered places, which is brilliant. And there's some really excellent and beautiful people, both in second year and who have applied for first year. Um, and normally, I wouldn't be quite as pushy as this, but today I'm going to be a bit pushy because we find ourselves in extraordinary circumstances. As you can see, VB isn't here today because she's returned to her father's bedside. And she's the administrator for the school. And sometimes after we've done a five-day we then get a flurry of applications in dribs and drabs right up to the last day before our one-year school is supposed to start. And it is a lot of work for her to process and puts her under pressure. Well, she's not going to be able to give that kind of attention this year because her father's dying. And so we chatted yesterday and... We agreed together that because of these extreme circumstances, what I need to say to you guys today is this. If you are considering, um, if you've already applied, that's fine, stay put, okay? But if you're in the place of considering now coming on the one-year school, I would really like you to declare it to me today. You know, like at weddings, they say, if any of you know any reason or impediment why these two not, may not be <laughs> joined in holy matrimony, declare it now, they say, don't they? It's a bit like that. That's what I'm doing now. You know, declare it to me today. Grab your forms, application forms. You can either download off the Kingdom Life School website or if you're not sort of computer friendly, pick a paper copy up today and make sure that we have received that application by Monday, in fairness to VB and to the other students, okay? Because I need to be able to see that we have the viable number 
to deliver what we intend to deliver. Okay. So usually I would be a lot more laid back than that, but I hope that you will understand that. Now, there may be some people sitting here going, ah, but I can't check out with work in that time, whether I would be able to be given day release on Fridays to attend. Okay, I understand that. But you could still do the application if it is your intention to come and then at your earliest opportunity, Monday or whatever, go and speak to your employers and be surprised, as Liz was, when they go, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> okay? But talk to them at the earliest opportunity about it. So, I think we're nearly ready, aren't we? So I'm just going to pray now. I would like you to take that moment to write down. Do you remember the two questions? What have you received or how are you thinking differently? You know, that one sentence thing. What's happened? What's begun, maybe, in you? And what you are going to do about it. So, Lord, we thank you as we come to the close of this morning for the journey you've brought us on this week. And you are faithful. and We love you. And I pray that as every KLS five-day student ponders and reflects with gratitude what you have done, that you enable them to identify that, to write it down, and you give them grace to be responsible to steward what you have given so that it can grow take root and bear much fruit for your glory we pray in jesus name amen and then after you've written your stuff down enjoy lunch yeah we'll hold off lunch till five past if that's right just so that everyone has a chance to write down their things but let's say grace now for what we have received and what we're about to receive lord we are truly grateful Amen.